This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Jan Haverly, director of the Lord's Diner. Welcome to Issues 2022. Thank you. Good morning. Hey, let's start with something cheerful. I understand you're retiring after I, 17 years at the Lord's Diner. I am. Tell, me about, tell me about that. What? How many years as director? Ten. Ten years as director. So uh, what did you do before Lord's Diner? Uh, we were in the restaurant business. It was kind of a family business. Um, and it just got to the point in the restaurant business that, you know, that's kind of a volatile business. Oh, gosh. And we decided we wanted a little more stability. And I saw the ad for volunteer coordinator in the Catholic paper and went and applied. And Wendy said, okay, How about you're that? It. How about that? Uh, uh, what's behind your decision to retire? It's time. I had a milestone birthday. And I thought, you know, that's kind of it. My husband just retired last year. Um, I had to wait. Our, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary at the diner. So I kind of want to wait for that other milestone. So two milestones behind me and ready to go do something else. Okay. Now, you don't have to answer this if you don't. What are your plans for retirement? <laughs> that's the question I get every single day. Um, I think we'll just hang out, spend time, maybe doing a little traveling, hang out with the grandkids. Pick them up from school, go to all those school things. We can do that now. That sounds good. I might join you in about 20 years. Uh, <laughs> so how many, let's talk about the Lord's Diner for a little bit, uh, if you don't mind. How many, how many people does the Lord's Diner actually serve on an average day, Jan? Uh, it's about 2,000 right now. It's changed like everyone's life with the COVID, but um, we're averaging about 2,000. 2,000 a day, and uh, uh, how many people have you served since the doors opened? We're not at seven million yet, but we're we're about six and a half million, I think. We've kind of celebrated those million marks through the years, and kind of waiting for the seven. And when did the doors open on Lord's Diner? February thirteenth, two thousand and two. Two thousand. Wow. So yeah, got an anniversary coming up. Yeah. There you go. Now, uh, do you serve uh, many families with children down there? We do. Um, you know, when we we branched out to our food trucks, we have three of those now. That's where we see more families, um, but we do we do serve quite a few families overall. And what's on the menu today? I don't. Oh, I don't know anything. <laughs> I haven't been there yet. <laughs> Yesterday we had taco salad, which coincidentally is one of the guests' favorite. I don't doubt that. What what other items do you serve, Jen? I'd like to have an idea of, of oh, what you're let's serving. See. This week we served turkey with mashed potatoes and corn. Um, a couple of days ago we had chicken fried steaks with gravy so it's just kind of home-cooked kind of meals uh, and, and in addition to the the original lord's diner at central and broadway here in wichita there is now as i understand it, the lord's diner on south hillside correct yes yes and how long has that been open tell uh, me about that oh gosh you're going to ask me a hard it's been almost 10 years because that opened right as i took the director position um and then we have one another fixed site in pittsburgh that one's about five years old not quite yeah. And, then, and then we have the three food trucks that are kind of within the last five or six years. Too. Basically, you're serving the Wichita Diocese then, right? We are. Um, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons we went to Pittsburgh. It's part of the Wichita Diocese. Yeah, it's, it's down in the southeast part of Tate, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's part of the... Now, tell us about how uh, how the Lord's Diner got started, because I know you know the story. Tell me about that. The story is Bishop Gerber's story. Um, his His residence was right across the street from where the diner location is now, and he used to take walks. Um, and then he realized there were several folks, and he befriended a lot of the homeless guys um, and started taking them into his own kitchen and fixing them a meal. Or he'd go down to one of the fast food locations um, there on Broadway and, and feed them. I didn't realize, I read something just recently, that he could get up to 50 people 
every now and then to, to feed. So um, when they relocated his residence and he decided he was going to retire soon, um, he wanted something for those guys that he'd befriended. He wanted to make sure they had a meal at least once a day. Was it hard to get it started? The idea, you know, oh, you, we're going to have, well, they call it a soup kitchen. Yeah. Know, it's not very flattering, but it, it, usually when we see something on the wire or something, it's like a, a soup kitchen. If it is, it's the largest in Kansas, isn't it? Yes, and it's a beautiful facility. When when the diner was created, a lot of construction guys and painters and electricians, they all came together to make it a beautiful facility, and we work hard to keep it um, that nice facility. So it's not the basement you know, soup kitchen you see on TV. Well, and it's nice, and, and uh, I bet some of those guys uh, volunteered, donated their time, didn't they? Oh, they did. We started out debt-free, which, you know, for a building that size and, and scope, it, it was pretty amazing, the generosity. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Okay, so where are we at here? I'm talking about the menu, talking about, uh, 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 oh, I, I had a question about uh, uh, about security because, uh, let's face it, uh, the people you're serving there, uh, some of them, uh, they're, they're pretty rough people. And then the, uh, How do you handle that? Because I know you have incidents now and then. Well, actually, you know, it, when we're talking history, 17 years ago, we didn't have that much, but I think everyone knows the climate of mil- mental illness now and the drug abuse that's out there. And I think some of the mentally ill are using the drugs to cope with their mental illness, but the availability of the drugs and the different drugs, it does make it a little volatile at times. Um, when we serve in the evenings, we have off-duty police officers, and it's kind of a win-win for them because they've befriended the guys too, and I think they all kind of you know, get to know each other, and, and the respect is, is there between the two. That's interesting because just about you know, everybody I talk to on this program week to week, whether it's the sheriff or uh, the the county manager or whoever talking about the same thing, and I was talking about how are we not servicing these people with mental problems because they're showing up. It that's what's hard for us too. Our mission is just to feed, and no matter how mentally ill they are, they find us every day. But it is hard for us that we can't do more sometimes. I mean, we have a couple of guys that you know they can't even really communicate with us. Like I said, they find us to get their meal, but. I don't know how they make it day to day. What is the schedule? What what time do you do you just have one meal, evening meal? Well, we've kind of branched out this last year, and um, we do have just one evening meal. But uh, we started to get a lot of donations of things that we couldn't necessarily incorporate into the meal, so we opened a morning pantry because we'd see a lot of the homeless guys walking around during the day, and they didn't really have access to anything else. Mm-hmm. So in our morning morning pantry, Monday through Friday. Um, 10 to noon, we offer a snack. Or yesterday we had leftover Costco pizza. You know, it just depends on what those extra donations we are. So we technically do serve an extra bonus meal. Brings up an, an, an interesting uh, an interesting point because my, my wife, had, she, we worked at Friends University several years ago, and they, they had some sort of a meeting or something, and there were like 20 pizzas left over. And, and it, you know, they're in the boxes. They're, they're great I think we tried to go down and donate him. Is that do we take something like that? Yeah, well, if it's commercially repaired, prepared, repaired, repaired. <laughs> 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 if it's commercially prepared, we can take it. Um, unfortunately, we can't take you know stuff that's been made in the home kitchen. But yeah, we can take can't it. Can't take my wife's tuna casserole. No, it's delicious. Does she want to make it for two thousand people? Sure, <laughs> bring her down. Well, she can no, come in and make it there. Quiet <laughs> no. What about these food trucks now? How many? You got three? Yes. Where did they go? Just the general? The we kind of, of re, for our first truck we researched um, 
on an area of need. We kind of worked with the Kansas Food Bank, and they helped us decide an area of need. And the Evergreen Recreation Center, was their staff was the first to step up and say, hey, we know some kids over here that really could benefit from a meal. So that was our first truck, and that went really well. And then the, the Dear Neighbor Ministries, operated by the Sisters of St. Joseph, um, came to us for the Hilltop neighborhood. And it's a pretty low, it's a high poverty level. So we went there pretty quickly afterwards. And then um, we'd always kind of wanted to go to the northeast part of the ta- uh, part of town because we knew that was a high poverty level uh, area. So that's our third truck is kind of close to WSU at the Atwater Recreation Center. I'm going to guess you're keeping a pretty close track on some of that's been going on recently about food deserts and availability of uh, nutritional food for people in certain areas. I mean, I'm in Riverside, and I have to drive up to a mile sometimes. <laughs> and Darn. I think I'm really put out, but... Uh, Part that, of, that's part of it, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's why we're unique in that we offer a meal already prepared, and you just have to come and, you know, take that meal. Um, we like families to come, and, you know, that way they can go home and eat as a family and don't have to come to that soup kitchen. But um, So it's worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the, uh, I talked about food deserts. You're listening to Issues 2022 on the Odyssey radio stations. Our guest is Jan Haberly, director of the Lord's Diner. I am a little... Uh, uh, a little discombobulated this morning, ladies and gentlemen, because this is the first time we've done an in-studio interview for issues in at least a couple of years. No. Because of the pandemic. But uh, we let you in the door. To stay. Don't tell the boss because <laughs> I'll be in trouble. <laughs> I, I don't think the boss will find out. <laughs> okay. Well, your webpage says uh, you're running the free furniture. drive. know about that. What what kind of meals do they serve? The same thing you're doing at downtown? Yeah, it's, it's usually all the meals are prepared at the downtown Broadway location. So most most days, every location has the same meal. You know, Jan, you touched on this earlier, but can you tell us, give us a general statement about the impact of the COVID pandemic on your operation. Did you ever have to need to shut it down at all? We've never shut. In 20 years, we've never shut down completely, even today when the blizzard's going on. Um, but we ha- we're doing to-go meals only and it's really difficult in that we don't have that one-on-one relationships like we used to. It's like our guest, you know, if you had uh, folks coming over to your house for dinner, you know, to sit down at the table with them and, and enjoy the meal is one thing. But to have them come to your front door and hand them a to-go meal, that's, it's really difficult. How, and, did, how did the pandemic impact your, uh, your core of volunteers? They're very important to you, I know. They are, and it's changed things dramatically. Um, we'd love to get going again and have all of our volunteers back, but... You know, they kind of had a cycle or a schedule of every Wednesday I volunteer at the diner, and I think we've gotten off of some folks' radar as far as a regular schedule of volunteering. So, and um, we only use a, we used to use up to sixty a day. Um, now we're down to probably about twenty something. Okay. okay, so you're saying you need some? Yes, we will. Well, this is your opportunity. Uh, it's very to invite people to come down and, and you know, now now it's uh, I'm getting they're getting the impression possibly that this is just a Catholic deal. Nope. You have to be a Catholic to be a volunteer? Oh, absolutely not. I think over half of our volunteers are from uh, businesses and organizations and other uh, other churches, other faiths. Okay. Um, and that's great. You know, it's just very welcoming um, to have all that diversity in our in our building. That was my next question. Who are your volunteers? What sort of businesses do they come from? Uh, let's see. Cargill's always been really Cargill, good to yeah. us. Um, uh, uh, Dold Foods is is a group that comes. Um, Simpson Construction has a group that comes. So it's pretty varied uh, as far as the different different organizations. You throw out an invitation like that, you could get anybody. You could get somebody like me. 
That would be great. Um, you did, and you know, every time, every day, almost not quite, but I hear the volunteers will say, "I get more out of this than I give." So, right there's the you know the good. Well, what I'm pointing to is that does it? Do you have to receive a lot of training? Because no, nope. I'm not really good with that. <laughs> you know, it's just a real quick. Actually, you do it online now as a food handlers class, just to make sure we don't give anybody <laughs> any any kind of funny diseases so welcome to the modern world you do it online (laughs) yeah exactly so you know and that's a real quick little class um and then there's one other little safety class we do and otherwise just come on down it's really nice because families can come together um kids have to be 12 with their parent or guardian but you know it's fun to see families coming and volunteering together all right so uh what when when you think about your time at the lord's diner uh, what gives you the most satisfaction what what makes you proud or glad that that you spent so much time with the Lord's Diner. Oh, some of the, other than my family, it's some of the best times I've had in my life. You know, I've never, to be exposed to that many different people um, from all walks of life, from all challenges of life, it's it's really been a blessing and something I've enjoyed. And I think as much as anything, the amazement of the generosity, I mean, it's the generosity of the Wichita and Pittsburgh communities, and it may, you know, go outside those areas, but the generosity of folks is really amazing. I think people, we're a non-political, non-profit, you know, nobody wants anybody to go to bed hungry. And that's something that can touch all of us because we can all relate to that. So the Lord's Diner kind of, you know, represents itself in that. The, uh, the use of the volunteers, which is, uh, again, on, on this show, we do a lot of talking with people who use volunteers. Uh, what do you, give us a, uh, your comments on volunteer, on volunteerism in Wichita. I mean, uh, uh, I have an impression, and I'm hearing from other people, but how are we as volunteers in this town? As far as I've heard from other agencies and whatnot, it's amazing. And um, folks in Wichita are very giving and kind and um, loving even and compassionate. So, yeah, it's it's a strong community for volunteering. Did you, uh, we talk? I want to talk a little bit more about the mental health aspect of, of what's going on with people who are homeless and most of the people you're talking to and the as I said, we, we talk about this last three or four shows. Uh, they're, they're talking about going to Topeka, maybe getting some dollars to come in here and, and find some beds for these people and uh, maybe even creating a, a facility here. Um, talk about that for a little bit. There's a lot of folks in, in this um, in Wichita and surrounding communities that are, are working on it and thinking about it. Um, there's actually a coalition, um, Pete and the you know, Sedgwick County Commission are looking at ways to help. Uh, Humankind Ministry, which does a lot of housing, and, you know, they're looking at some options. Union Rescue Mission, I think all of them are trying to come together and come up with with some options for those that are, that are suffering from mental illness. You know, we're hearing that the, the, the largest uh, mental health facility in the state is now the Sedgwick County Jail. <laughs> which, I mean, in terms of the number of people. You know. It, you know, it's true when we have, you know, a guy that's having a difficult day, you know, that's who we have to rely on is the officers. I mean, they have teams of officers that kind of know how to deal with these guys, but sometimes their only option is to take take them to the jail. Yep. And, you know, we went to court. We had a kid that did a little bit of vandalism, and we had to go to court, and the judge was frustrated because he had nothing he could do for this young man, you know. All, his option was to keep him in jail and you know that's kind of sad it's kind of overcrowded too because they have a backlog in this course now too uh, we talk about uh, the people that you have come into contact over the years and I, earlier this uh, in the interview we talked about i think some of the negative impacts of security and so forth but tell me about uh, one or two 
people or families you've run into that really impressed you that, that have a good story to tell? You know, there were years we served this one gentleman when we had the doors open and he'd come in and nicest man. And then over the last several months, we've been serving this young man and come to find out this young man is the son of this other, this other guest that we have. So um, it's just kind of that they came together um, and hopefully when we get opened again, they can sit down and have a meal together. Um, so that was kind of, we, we also had a very interesting guest that just recently passed away. He just literally dropped dead on the street, but he was feisty and ornery and we enjoyed his, his antics and he had crushes on all the young girls. And, um, he actually come to find out had a family that, and he had a, an actual funeral, which for the homeless, that doesn't happen very often. They're just lost sometimes. Huh? Yeah. Oh, lost is the good word. Talk about families a little bit, because I hear of people living out of their cars, and you see some success stories nationally. Prominent athletes and people say, yeah, we were living out of a car at one time. I can't imagine. You know that term. I can't imagine That's that. what, you know, that old term for the grace of God. Yeah. You know, things could turn out, turn around on folks. We had a gentleman that, you know, he he was divorced. He didn't have that great a job. The child support and alimony just ate him up. So he had no other recourse, but so he joined us every night just to try and make, make ends meet. And the other, the other day at the pantry, the 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock pantry, a young mom came up and she had three little ones and we'd never seen her before, but she was on the verge of tears when she walked up. So we gave her, you know, the, the food for the kids. And luckily a friend of ours had given me some McDonald's gift cards that to give to the kids. So we were able to do that. And another gentleman came before Christmas and gave me a little bit of cash to, to, to give to moms, to single moms, because I think he knew that story himself. And so I was able to give her a little bit of money and some McDonald's gift cards. And you would have thought I gave her a thousand dollars. You know, she was in tears. She was so grateful. And I, I kind of think God sent her to us that day. You know, I think a lot of people have the, they look at them and say, you know, why, why should they be treated like that? They got every opportunity I have. Uh, why don't they just go out and get a job? They don't deserve help. Tell me that, that word deserve, which I think is loaded with uh, it possibilities. Is, it <laughs> is a loaded word. I think you have to walk a mile in their shoes, to use another phrase. Um, you know, my dad was, had a job. He was home every day. My mom wasn't in jail or on drugs. I mean, some of these folks grew up with horrible conditions and who helped them turn around turn it around no one you know they maybe had a teacher or a mentor and some of them got it turned around but they just could they didn't have a good start yep it's a good positive mission you're, you're doing down there and we wish you the best with it um what about uh i, I want to ask you a question about uh, uh and we talk about the number of people and we talked about what your biggest challenges are right we talked about what you like the best right I'm just uh, covering all my notes here to make sure I haven't missed anything. What have I missed? What should I talk about now? This is the part where I, I turn the interview over to you because <laughs> I've run out of questions. <laughs> Man, talk about being on the spot. You know, I think we have covered most okay. most everything. Um, I think the staff is something we haven't covered. Oh, yeah. So talk about them. Those are folks that, you know, give and give and give. And um, most of them there are for, there for the mission. As you know, you know, a nonprofit, folks don't make a lot of money. So, you know, they're, they're there to serve. And we have one of our cooks is makes, you know, he's so conscientious and makes sure those meals are good and tasty. And he tastes, uh, talk about cooking. He, he cooks by taste. Um, he doesn't measure and he's cooked things before for different, you know, folks and they want the recipe and he doesn't have any recipes. It's all by, by taste and look and just experience. Do they ever, does he ever burn anything? 
<laughs> no, you know, when he first started, he got smushy rice. Smushy and, rice. Yeah. He just, I don't know if he overcooked it, undercooked it. And he said he will never let that happen again. And he's been at the diner for 17 years. And I don't think we've had smushy rice again. All right. Now the tough part. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Wichita. From Wichita. Grew up um, over by Friends University. Okay. And uh, was it a rough childhood? Uh, did you, did you, were you poor and poverty stricken and you had to walk to school eight miles uphill and all that or what? Pretty, pretty much. So- no, <laughs> it was a typical, you know, middle class um, upbringing. So when you were a kid growing up uh, near Friends University, I'm familiar with the neighborhood, um, did you envision that you would ever be, well, running, running a soup kitchen? <laughs> No, and I, you know, I think that was another God thing. Like I said, we were kind of finished with the restaurant business, and what do, what do we do next? But I just really had a desire to give back, to do something meaningful. I mean, I'd already always served people, but um, serving folks that, you know, really needed it more so is, is something Did I... Did you owned and operated a local restaurant? Yes. Right. Now, I'm not going to ask you where it was or what it was, but I know from, from my in-laws that that is a tough business. There it's, are people who get into that all the time, think, ah, and they find out in a hurry. You that, can't walk away from it. It's kind of like when you're on the farm and you have to milk the cows every day. Yeah. Well, you have to have the customers every day, and you got to be there, right? Right, right. And, you know, there's things that are beyond your control, you know, the, the change in the city, the change in, you know, people's lives, and it, mm-hmm. it, you're, you're kind of volatile. All right. Well, listen, I want to thank you for coming into the studio and doing this in person. It's, uh, like I said, I haven't done a, an in-person interview with anybody for two years, but uh, what's what's ahead for the diner? What what do you think's in the future? And I know it's this is not your your deal because you're you're going to leave. You can just walk away. But what would they got any big plans any for the future? Opening up our dining rooms is you know the major plan because we're still serving to go meals. Oh, so okay. the end of COVID and getting back to our normal. Um, Bishop Gerber's vision was to to you know serve folks with respect and dignity, and we're still maintaining that. But it'll feel so much nicer to welcome them into our dining room. I should say for our listeners that we're we're recording this on the morning. When it's when it's snowing and it's going to get about eight inches of snow, and it is colder than you know what, and this is a time when I wor- worry about those people out there that you're service serving because uh, it's tough. Have they got places to go to get inside though? I mentioned Humankind Ministries earlier, and they have a shelter, a winter shelter that opens from November to March, and folks can go in there during the night nighttime. And I think a day like today, they'll let them stay. Um, a little longer and we help those folks out with meals you know mm-hmm. when they when the guys are down there it's not too far from the diner but um it's kind of a joint effort we all kind of come together to make sure that and i think the wichita hot team uh goes around and makes sure the guys know where the shelters are and make sure they know where they can get in out of the cold what's we, the hot team um it's a homeless outreach team for is the it, wichita, that the, now that's a police officer yeah and wichita, what else? it's just the wichita police department i just, think they at one time I think they had an EMT with them and maybe a social worker. Yeah, that, yeah. down the back to just the police. Officer? I, you know, I'm I I can't speak to that. I'm okay. not positive. Yeah, but. that's another interview. You don't have to know that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they're out there trying to make sure everybody knows where to go. Okay, so next month you'll be in the Bahamas. After that, you'll be in Europe. And uh, you know, we have no desire to go out of the country. We want to see the this country. Oh. We want to see the United States. Oh, you said you, you, you got to see Europe. You it's, think? Yeah, it's really neat. Okay. <laughs> Got some great cathedrals over there. Yeah, you. I'm sure it would be. You know, we've had an opportunity to go with the diocese before, but just haven't been able to do it. <laughs> Jan, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. We appreciate everything the Lord Diner, Lord's Diner does, and we appreciate your career down there. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Our guest is Jan Haverly, director of the Lord's Diner.
And that's all for this edition of Issues 2022. Uh, We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.